staying healthy is really tough, especially if you're like me and you have a sweet tooth. That is uh, where Built Bar comes in. They are really good. And I know what you're thinking. If it's healthy for me, it sucks because that is the case with absolutely everything. Not with a Built Bar. They have three to five net carbs. They're low in calories, low in carbs, high in protein. They are protein bars. But the flavors of them are incredible. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, raspberry, mint brownie. The list goes on and on. So many flavors. Oh, my and they're gosh. always coming up There's with new ones. There's a new one. Uh, gosh, my sister just sent. I just just came out. I got another one. They're incredible. Like, yeah. They're, they, I don't know how they come up with so many. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. And, and they're unlike any other healthy bar I've ever tasted. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code BEC15, save 15% off your next order made with real chocolate. Use promo code BEC15 for 15% off BuiltBar.com. That's BuiltBar.com. Dr. Scott Atlas joins us next. have a great hour coming up for you in just a second stand by first let me tell you about our sponsor sponsoring this uh half hour with limited commercial interruption uh it's gold line i want to show you something if you happen to be watching us if you're listening to us let me just do this this thing is did you check how many 144 ounces is how many, nine pounds it doesn't it feel more like, yeah, than nine it's pounds? so dense. It's like so small. I guess yeah. maybe that's why it feels like mm. 20 nine pounds of gold, though, is, uh... yeah, nine pounds of gold. This is nine pounds of gold, solid gold from 1857 uh, in 1857. It was worth two thousand six hundred and forty one dollars uh, and it was going to buy some land in the Americas. Uh, and it was on a ship and it sunk just off the coast of North Carolina. It's the U.S. or the SS Central America. And for a, a century, it was on the bottom of the uh, bottom of the ocean, 7,200 feet below the surface. Well, they f- discovered it and Gold Line has acquired the rights to sell these gold ingots, if you will, um, to the public. Uh, so it is an amazing piece of history, and that is really important because uh, it's a historic item. No, I don't have this as a – no, this is not a trade with money. No, 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 no. This is not monetary. This is a piece of history. Mm-hmm. Gold line. <laughs> Ask them why I buy gold and how I buy gold and why I buy it that way. Uh, uh, when you get them on the phone, you can call them at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. You don't have to buy the nine-pound bar. Uh, you can buy just a few coins if you want, but get started, please. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com.
We have Dr. Scott Atlas uh, on the phone with us now from uh, the uh, Hoover Institute. Uh, and he has uh, uh, just written The Last Word, the Stanford Review. And we wanted to get the last word from him on coronavirus. He is, if you don't know, he's, he kind of became the anti-Fauci uh, in a way uh, and said, yeah, maybe maybe we, we don't have this one right. Welcome to the program, Dr. Atlas. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, all right. So let's look back now uh, at what we've done, what we learned, and where we are. Okay. Uh, that's a big topic. Um, well, what we've learned, uh, first of all, there's a set of things we learned about the virus that we have known for months, by the way, and that is that it's really not risky for the overwhelming majority of people, but for elderly high-risk people, it's extremely uh, dangerous and uh, significantly worse than the flu. Uh, The other things that we've learned is that we know how to protect these people. We should have protected them from the beginning, uh, but that wasn't the recommendation. Instead, the recommendation was to lock everybody down and somehow indirectly protect them. And what we learned was that was a gross failure. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of Americans died, many uh, of whom were in the high risk. Hundreds of thousands, in fact, were in the high risk uh, category, almost all of them. But uh, a lot of them, 40 percent or something, were in nursing homes, which was the obvious target. Instead of protecting those people, the people uh, that were in charge of implementing policy did these lockdowns. Almost the entire country, almost every governor did lockdowns, and those were the policies that were recommended by the people without, not me, but by the other people on the task force. So the people that are saying somehow there was a bad result that advocated for the lockdowns are criticizing what was implemented that they recommended. They criticized people like me who decided and knew that the lockdowns were going to be a disastrous, uh, harmful uh, way to pursue policy. And they criticized those of us who, who criticized that as if their policies were not implemented. Their policies were implemented. That means the policies advocated by the people like Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, and all the governors implemented the lockdowns, and they were proven to be not just ineffective at stopping the virus, but they were extraordinarily harmful. And, uh, you know, we can see that by looking all over the world, as well as our internal comparisons. Uh, if you want me to talk more about well i i want to i want to actually uh go back at towards the beginning of uh, something you said when you said that we found out that it's not as uh deadly except for older people you know we've had these things before in the past we've we've had uh well polio was a was a big one um and we didn't do uh, this kind of a lockdown can you find anything in history that you would compare covid with that we've seen in the past and didn't destroy our economy and 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 lock everybody up well there were previous pandemics that were very deadly including uh pandemics that were more deadly to younger healthier people uh it was never there's never been a lockdown like this before and never and the and it's obvious why. In fact, the classic pandemic preparation paper, I think, was written in something like 2009. I may be wrong about that. 
but that that paper that is referred to as the classic uh, way to think about these management of something like a pandemic said very explicitly that we do not lock down because of the harms of the lockdown, because of the inability of human beings to function in a healthy way with a lockdown. And it was extremely unadvisable uh, to do such a thing. So it's never been done and it will never hopefully be done again. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I'm wary of that. Yeah. Because if I, if I can say something that I didn't really finish with, which is you asked me what we learned. And, and I wrote this in that paper, the last word, because what we really learned were two shocking things. Uh, I'm afraid what of we these. learned was the massive power of the government. And we never, I don't think, consciously realized that the government could shut down society, close your jobs, close your businesses, close your schools, quarantine you inside your home, stop you from seeing your own family. We never understood that kind of power existed. And the second part that we learned that shocked me even more as an American was that people were going to just say okay to that. Yeah, that's that's... that that passive response, that, that acquiescence to such an extraordinary draconian restriction on your own personal liberty was a shock to me that people went along with that is as it, they have and continue to do is it because it came uh so slowly because everybody was willing to do it you know for 15 days and then we even understood well we're going to wait until easter uh, but then after easter it was kind of like wait a minute wait a minute what 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 no we can't continue to do this and it allowed those first two kind of allowed people um to position anyone who was against it as somebody who wanted grandma to be dead. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's sort of looking back on it, trying to figure out how this has evolved into what we have today, which is, by the way, in my opinion, a completely and wholly damaged American psyche that mm. will potentially never come back. I, I'm, I hate to be cynical like that, but I, I have my doubts. Uh, but what? Why did this happen? Well, first of all, of course, fear, and and that's understandable. The the fear that was invoked by the completely inappropriate pronouncements of the World Health Organization at the time that started this whole thing uh, about this fatality rate. That of course I was afraid too. This extraordinary fatality rate that was probably fifty times what it really is, mm-hmm. and the uh, the idea that everyone, the calculations of the models that were uh, originally originally in the UK, that assumed that everyone was at equal risk, right? Okay, which again is a massive hypothetical error, and uh, that kind of fear and uh, was of course it, it shows you what the impact of fear is on on human beings, and and that's sort of understandable. But then what happened was. Uh, the media, and uh, there's some fascinating data about this, particularly the American media, recklessly, irresponsibly created fear. They, they, and I don't know if it was because or only because of the election year. I think a lot of it probably was politically mm-hmm. motivated in the beginning. Uh, but I think at this point, uh, people over several months, and by the time I got to Washington, and I didn't get there till uh, end of July, beginning mm-hmm. of August, uh, by then, there was a damaged psyche. This was an obsession, an addiction. The fear was not going to be overcome 
when uh, no matter who won the election, and I and I, I actually people said, oh, well, when the president Biden wins, yeah, there this will be over. I didn't think so, and of course, it has not been over. It, it is and so it's, the fear and the the fear mongering by the media, uh, which is really extraordinarily harmful, was the sort of ingredient. It is extraordinary how different parts of the country reacted to this um people in new york they're still terrified of it uh, here in texas um we're not so afraid of it where we have a healthy uh fear of it uh and we just take precautions but we know who's most at risk you go into california you go into new york or better yet they come here they just almost don't even know how to be in society anymore. Yeah, well, I live in California. <laughs> so you know. Unfortunately. And, uh, you know, uh, the, what's, what's extraordinary is, is the fear. Uh, what's extraordinary is a complete lack of critical thinking. There's been a gross, gross distortion of the data by the people who are the faces of the, of the so-called public health world. Mm -hmm. But worse than that, it, there has been a direct spreading of pseudoscience and direct harm to the public. Uh, and we've seen it time and time again, literally pseudoscience, yet they lash out at those of us who do analyze it correctly and claim we are using pseudoscience, including my friends at Stanford, uh, who, uh, don't understand that, for instance, the six-foot rule that we have been living by religiously was pseudoscience. It was never scientifically right. generated. The World Health Organization used three feet from the beginning, as did many countries, Austria, Finland, Sweden, China, Singapore. I can go on and on. There's no problem with using three feet, even and not saying three feet the correct number, but it's an arbitrary designation correct. to say six feet. And now that we know it's wrong, where is the uproar? Where is the instant admission of error and the, and more importantly, instant change of everything to three feet? Why is that not being done? I think this is a serious example of people having bought into something, no matter, even when it's proven wrong, they are still well, wedded to it, and it's you, relevant because that, that is a big difference between a functioning business, a functioning restaurant, a functioning school, and not. Three feet is a, is a very different number from six feet. Well, I will tell you this. Also, you can't expect outrage when people will go to a restaurant and have to wear a mask while walking to the table, but then you can take the mask off while sitting at the table. That is the most, I mean, that is almost magic in its thinking. Well, um, and also, it, go ahead. It's, sorry to interrupt, but it, it's, it's completely irrational, okay? And yes. I'll tell you why it's irrational. Exposure does not happen when you're walking past somebody. The CDC even defines exposure as sitting in some, being in someone's personal space for 15 minutes or more. The only time you're going to be exposed in a restaurant is when you're sitting at the table with the people you're with. You're not so, going to be exposed by walking to your table, yet this is the uh, sort of topsy-turvy Alice in Wonderland logic that we use here in this country. It's completely off the rails. I can't even emphasize enough how irrational the behavior is. I mean, the biggest example uh, is 
how we double down on stringent requirements in the low-risk environment. Yes. What do I mean by that? The schools. The, yes. There's no safer environment than a school, yet that's where we're testing, that's where we're setting up these barriers, that's where we're not even opening the schools in many parts of the country, or even colleges. It's a low-risk environment compared to the community. It's healthy, younger people for the most part. Of course, the high-risk people, they can be protected, they can be vaccinated, whatever, but the low-risk environments don't need mass testing every single day, closure, et cetera. Airplanes are a low-risk environment. There has never been significant outbreaks of cases on airplanes. There have been cases, but the data on airplanes is not showing that it's a high-risk mm. environment, yet the airplanes were, were told, I was, you know, I just flew somewhere. You know, it must be on a two-hour flight, you're told more than a dozen times to put your mask on in between bites, in between sips. Meantime, the air filtration system on an airplane is much more effective than anywhere else. But so schools, low-risk environments, we have the most stringent requirements. This is the, the complete lack of rational thought going on. And again, it's an indication of a severely damaged psyche. You walk around outside in California, outside, outside. and you'll see young people, young healthy people who are extremely low-risk to begin with, wearing a mask alone, riding their bicycle, in their car alone, wearing a mask. This is totally irrational. It is pseudoscience. It's like carrying a magic quarter inside your pocket. All right. We're talking to uh, Dr. Scott Atlas. Um, well, let me take a one minute break and then I want to come back and talk to you about what the uh, former director of the CDC has just said about this. Uh, and uh, he, he's going to be called uh you know, a witch for saying it. Uh, we'll get your reaction in just a minute. Nobody's a big fan of paying more to fix your car than what your car is even worth. Call me old fashioned, but that's the way I am. If you got a car, it's uh, probably one of the more expensive things that you own. And it is certainly one of the most vital things for your ability to live your everyday life. So it's incredibly important that you can take care of it. If something breaks down, do you have all the money to repair a chip that has gone down? Could cost you thousands of dollars. Well, have uh, have uh, Car Shield take care of all of it. Car Shield uh, with Car Shield taking cover taking care of covered repairs is really simple. They have customizable, affordable plans that will keep you on the road. They'll keep you covered. Now there may be a deductible that may apply, but I'm telling you. You, A, you get to design the, um, the coverage yourself with them, uh, and uh, it's a lot different than having to pay for a chip. Uh, they also have roadside assistance 24-7. They write the check to the repair shop or to the dealership. You don't have to worry about any of it. Get coverage today. CarShield.com. That's CarShield.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10%. 10 seconds. Station ID. So we're with Dr. Scott Atlas. Scott, let me ask you uh, about what the former director of the CDC has just come out and said, and that is he believes that this did come from uh, the uh, from the uh, uh, laboratory in China, that it escaped. It wasn't intentionally set. 
but it did come from that laboratory in Wuhan. Any comment on that? Yes, I, I actually just read Dr. Redfield's statement, or at least uh, the interpretation of the statement. Um, yeah, I saw, I've, I've always felt that way. I don't have any <clears throat> proof on that, and I think he said we'll see also. I agree with him uh, that the most likely scenario is that it came out of the lab. It does not mean uh, necessarily that it was created in Correct. a lab or that it was intentionally uh, let out from a lab. But we can't even but, say, uh, that's, we can't that's even sort of say that. Likely scenario. We can't even say that anymore without being called conspiracy theorists. Look, all, all I want is the truth. I don't care. I don't think that the Chinese went and uh, made this virus and then intentionally released it. But we have to know the truth. And you I mean, what happened to science in the last year? Yeah, I think uh, this is, you know, there's a couple things embedded in your question. Um, Science has become, uh, I think, science and expertise have, have been destroyed. Uh, we'll see if it's permanent. There's certainly a massive amount of politicization of science. The best journals in the world, uh, New England Journal, Lancet, Science, Nature, uh, Journal of the AMA, have become completely politicized, editorialized, and in fact have published you know, defamatory garbage. Uh, it's embarrassing. Uh, the second part of that is that the the uh, undermining of the term expert mm-hmm. has been really destructive, I think, because uh, with this sort of censorship, this outrage, this uh, failure for people to say they were grossly wrong and instead lash out and defame people like me who were correct, and I was correct over and over again about every single thing, uh, as were others, uh, those people who have... Uh, continue to sort of twist and distort my words and others have undermined the entire process of seeking the truth that we need to solve crises like this. And so that kind of heavy-handed rebuking, uh, censorship, bullying, uh, and all these official and unofficial statements emanating out of universities, uh, including my own, yeah. I really have been harmful because what happens is you get uh, the we're, second part of that. Sorry, we're we're out of time. Dr. Scott Atlas, the last word. Find it at StanfordReview.org. The Glenn Beck Program. Sorry, I hate network breaks where I don't have any choice. Um, let me tell you a little bit about RecTech. It is going to be beautiful uh, here in Texas uh, this weekend, and I will be cooking Mm-hmm. on my rec tech. Now, this is the time of the year that I will actually stay outside, but I don't have to do any of the work. I literally, I burn everything on a grill. There is no, mm-mm. There's, I don't know how to do it. I'm 50 some years old. I still don't know how to grill right. That is the biggest thing that the rec uh, tech has uh, brought into my life is I don't burn really good food anymore because it does everything uh, that I need it to do. It It's, Okay, it's smarter than I am. Okay? You know, it's like, you got to be smarter than the door. Yeah, that's an insult. But you got to be smarter than Rectech. I got to, it is. It is. It's smarter than me. And it has smart grill technology, and it will tell you when everything is ready to go. All you have to do is put it on, turn it on, and uh, 
do what it says. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com, Rectech.com. Check it out now. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is control for 20% off your subscription now to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. Thank you so much for listening. Do you remember... Do you remember when we uh, when we when we went back to uh, w- w- uh, I want to talk about the Suez Canal. You, by the way, you're talking in my ear. Um, uh, we we're talking about the Suez Canal, uh, but I want to go back to a time when we were talking about the USS Fitzgerald. Uh, the USS Fitzgerald was a giant cargo ship and it was heading south away from Japan, about 64 miles off the coast. And then. Uh, another ship was heading southeast, but at 1.21 a.m., it made a 90-degree turn and was heading. It would have missed the Fitzgerald, but five minutes later, it turned again, this time back east directly towards the U.S. ship. Do you remember when this happened? You don't even listen to me anymore, do you? No, not, not usually, no. So the two collided at one o'clock in the morning. This is off the coast of, uh, I think, when was Japan. This? this is a few years ago, a couple of years ago. Okay. okay? Um, and uh, they collided. And if you look at what happened, the, uh, the crystal, the ACX crystal, which is the boat that rammed the U.S. Navy ship, they said we couldn't control the boat. We lost all control of the boat. We lost power. Right. And yeah. it was clear that it was steering, but they weren't steering it. Okay. And uh, it, it was something the Navy was investigating. Is somebody hacking in to these ships to be able to just take over any ship and then use them as a ramming device? The only reason why I bring this up is... Because what happened in the Suez Canal, the Suez Canal, in case you don't know, is super important for everybody's economy. And it has been for a long time. In World War II, uh, it was so important. The Suez Canal was so important. They put these giant lights on the Suez Canal because the. No, no. (laughs) Not this again. Not, Not the Suez Canal World War II story again. Really? Again, I don't think I've ever told it on the air, have I? I don't know if you've ever told it on the air, but uh, you've told it to everyone in this building 54 times. Hey, there was a big light in the Suez Canal in World War II. <laughs> no, it was. The only then person. tell the story. Tell the story. I, you know I it so well. I don't remember it or was listening to it at any point <laughs> you when you told it. You are the worst. You are the worst, No, actually. you are the worst. This is, uh, this is a great story. It involves a magician. <laughs> It, I mean, it's a great story. I know, the reason I know the Suez Canal light is because you have it in your office. Yes. And it's that's why I your, tell the story. Because people go and they come in I, and they're like, what is that? What, I, what is that? In, hold on. I got to call into the board. I want to show, show people this. Hold on. Can I, like, you are the worst. <laughs> no, I want to. Okay. What is on. your, wait, what is your, what is your hold point? No, I want to show, I want to show people. People. Do we have this? Okay. Here, I want to show people exactly. Good. Show them the light. Show them the light. Hold on. I'm walking down. I'm walking down the hallway now. Let's see. To your office. Uh huh. And uh, 
first of all, that you're not a pack rat at all. I just want to make sure, just in the in the hallway. <laughs> this is. You've got dresses for movies here. No, that, that's, that's, that's Dorothy and the flying monkey outfit. And yeah, the, sure it is. Uh-huh. Okay. Then over here, we've got all the Star Wars stuff all over. Just randomly. Yeah, there's that's Darth Vader cool. hanging out. That's cool. Hey. Have you seen, hey, by the way, have you seen the C-3PO that just came in? We have to have it repaired. We, I guess we have some people from. Hey, here's the, oh, look, it's Abraham Lincoln's head in a box. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, all right. I'm trying to tell the story about the Suez Canal. The office. <sighs> all right. Go down the Suez Canal. Oh, there's Jeffy. Hi, Jeffy. You keep him around, Just too, and random. no one understands it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a giant robot. Yeah. Okay. We got it. We got it. We got it. I can't believe you're here. making fun of me on this. This is a great story. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. Here it is. Look at this. This is in his office. Okay. There's just a giant spotlight next to his polar bear, of course, obviously. <laughs> just a giant spotlight from the Suez sitting. Canal from the nineteen right. from the nineteen forties during the Second World War. And why is and then it important? Over here, Wait, what's what's this? You just have a bow. It's just a bow on his desk. You know it's what it is. It's just a bow. Shut up. I just, just a bow got sitting that. on his desk. I ju- that's just it's. It's what. Nothing. It's nothing. Huh? Nothing. It's a, it? it's a it's a it's an important bow. It's all it is. It's you know, it's a nothing. It was just something um that you know that I just uh You you don't want to tell people what it is. <laughs> no, because you're gonna make fun of me. That's why. Of course why else am I here? This is, of course yeah. I'm making fun of you. Yeah. Uh this is the the bow from Hunger Games. Cat Katniss, right? Or whatever. Katniss's bow. Yeah. Why did you listen to that story and you didn't listen to the? Tell me about the magician. You well, have been in my hot. room a million. Ad- okay, turn him off. Turn him off. Uh, here's here is the thing. It was so important because so much material goes through oil, everything. If you lose the Suez Canal, you have to go all the way around Africa. And it adds at least 14 days. And is he still out in the hallway just making fun of me? What are you doing? I was just walking back to the studio. I didn't know it was back on. So uh, anyway, so everything goes through the Suez Canal. I believe there is a chance that uh, this ship might have been... uh, digitally hijacked because how come that is never <laughs> Stu? would you please come back in the studio oh, this is like you looking in a mirror here glenn look at that <laughs> shut up you jerk <laughs> he's now in the lobby and uh showing the head of the stay puff marshmallow man <laughs> you incredible jerk <laughs> okay so anyway uh hurry up come on back in real quick Okay, you're just in time. You're just in time to hear the Suez Canal spotlight story. <laughs> so that spotlight, they tried to confuse the the uh, uh, Germans. I think it was the Germans that were uh, trying to bomb the Suez Canal to stop the flow of oil uh, into uh, into unoccupied Europe and uh, Great Britain. So they uh, they put these giant spotlights down on the canal and then they hired a magician 
to put some sort of spinner inside of those lights and those lights would come up onto the uh, planes and it wasn't just to uh, spot the plane so you could shoot them down in that case it was to disorient the pilots so they couldn't bomb the uh, Suez Canal now a pack rat would have found the spinners I I don't have the spinners so you don't have the spinners. I don't have. You the just spinners. have the light from the right. Suez Canal. It's not to say that I haven't looked and spent <laughs> years looking for the spinners, uh, but uh, anyway. So if you happen to have those Suez Canal spinners out there and you want to buy it, is that not a great story? Seriously, I mean, now it's not because I didn't <laughs> tell it well because he was involved. But that's a great piece of history, and that we went to a magician to save the Suez Canal. Come on. Can we go back to a magician to save the Suez Canal oh now? Gosh, that I'd would like be nice. Needs a magician to save this stupid break <laughs> in this show up from you. Uh. American financing. American financing is. Uh, well, they stop looking at me. I'm just cu- stop it. I'm, I'm curious not- if American financing can provide a loan to buy a spinner for the Suez Canal. Do they offer that type of lending program? Is that something? I mean, if you went to them with a with a great credit score, they'd be like, you know what? Here's here's hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy a light. How, it would not be hundreds <laughs> of thousands of dollars. It would not. It would be cheap because nobody would know what it is. It's like the rat that I have from Ian Fleming. A rat. Ian Mm-hmm. Yeah, you is know this, the rat the story, and you know up. this is a yeah, you know that's a great piece of history and a great story. Oh, it's a great story. I don't know that I want to own the rat. With then the you explosives. just have a story that everybody goes, huh? But uh, you don't have the rat, and you could say, look, this, this is, is the history of this rat, and they're like, I can't believe you have a rat in your office. And then when you tell them the story, they're like, that is cool. That is, it's a cool. If you're going to yeah. have an explosive rat, that's the one to have. Oh my gosh, you mm-hmm. are such a jerk. <laughs> Such a jerk. American financing can help you with your mortgage like they help Stu. And I'm going to call them to make sure that they don't ever help him again. Uh, Whether it's home loans, mortgage refinancing, or other forms of debt consolidation, American financing can have you covered. Their dedicated team of mortgage consultants are going to take care of you and help you get your financial house precisely where it needs to be. You know, I didn't even get to the point of why I was talking about the Suez Canal. Thank you for that, Stu. In the the, uh, coming months, they are bound to be interesting, to say the very least. Now is the time to get a hold of your finances and make sure that you're ready for whatever comes. (laughs) And as I say that, I think, I spent that money on that stupid rat and that damn light. Anyway, American Financing. Be more responsible than I am. American Financing at 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, today is the last day you can get 20% off your subscription to blazetv.com. If you find some of the work that we do to be valuable, we would ask that you would join us and become a team member at blazetv.com slash Glenn uh, promo code control. Uh, 
it's worth the price of admission and worth the uh, price of your subscription. It certainly is. We invite is. you. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, the, the, oh, it was fun to make fun of you on the radio, but I was I was ready to start fresh. I was ready really? to start fresh. Yeah. Well, I just yeah. think I think people should consider the fact that there was just a moment where, on uh, if you're watching on Blaze TV, you got to see your face side by side with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, as we discussed how it looked like you were just looking into a mirror. <laughs> And I never really saw the resemblance. Were were you? Are you made of marshmallow, or did you give birth to the marshmallow man? Because you are definitely related. I would say. <laughs> and the decapitated, decapitated uh, Abraham Lincoln head was a nice touch. Uh, typical conservative racist would want to decapitate Abraham Lincoln, and that's what Glenn has done. He's got. No, a, he's got Abraham Lincoln. You in a know box. what that head is. You know what that head. I is. I know what it is. It's a. It's a symbol. Of your hate. Abraham <laughs> Lincoln's not. decapitated head is living in a box in our studios. It's the, not. On display, not, by the way. It's not. I mean, it's just dark. You know and, what it is. No, it is. Do actually, you not know what it is? It's actually a really cool story. Okay. Right? This this one I think I did listen to. Go ahead. So, large, all, this is the outline. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Disney was working on something. Walt Disney was working on something with Abraham Lincoln, a robot of some sort. Oh, my uh, gosh. An Abraham Lincoln are. robot. And then I you, mean, this is this but, is this is this is like a father and his son as the father <laughs> is listening. All right. Tell me what you've learned. What have right. you taken? And he tells it this way. This it is makes how, me want to hang myself. You should understand. This is how everyone hears your stories. <laughs> okay. I just want to be straight up with you. All okay. Right. Okay. So an Abra- there's an Abraham Lincoln robot he was building, but it wasn't ready. And But they needed it was almost ready to be shown on TV or it live. And Walt Disney needed to light the robot, like input lighting on it, but it wasn't ready. So he took a styrofoam Abraham Lincoln head and put it on a broomstick so he could light it before the robot was ready. You have the styrofoam head. How close am I to that? That's not bad. I'm, I think that's a 75% of the facts. So that's you dark. must remain 50 feet away <laughs> from any artifact. I right? want a restraining order I thought, uh, from, from on you. I got to say, that was better than I that thought was- I'd do at the beginning of the story. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is the outlines okay. of the story told very poorly. Yes, but, I didn't say I was going to tell it well. But uh, thank you for that. But thank it is you kind for... of a cool... You have a lot of these items around here. And are these that eventually go into the museum next yeah, yeah, door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the museum yeah. is apparently like legit. I, I always think of you as like a... Uh, just a pack rat that just buys weird, weird things. Mm-hmm. No, but it's like reality, they all tell the American story. Yeah. They all are a part of little people. Uh, yeah, I mean, for instance... The Suez Canal light that that's that that is not the story of the Suez Canal. That's the story of somebody thinking, how are we going to confuse the uh, the Germans? How are we going to get this canal to remain open and them not bomb any of the Suez Canal? I don't know. Somebody thinking out of the box and going. Have we called a magician? I mean, who thinks of that? (laughs) That is a strange thinks of that. Mm -hmm. And then the magician getting the call and going. Yes, I think I can develop something that will confuse the pilots. That that's a great story. It's, it's pretty always amazing. about the individual coming up. It's not government. It's the individual coming up with something that has never been done before. That happens over and over. And Matt over Ridley's again. book, How Innovation Works. We talked to Matt Ridley a few months yeah. ago. That whole book is filled with the the most important things in your life that are developed not by like some crazy expert, but by people just 
playing with things, tinkering with things on their own, and you know, coming up with incredible things that have changed the world. Correct. I mean, and and that is that's the American story. Hmm. That's what you lose. You know, when they talk about infrastructure investment, we don't invest in They're not talking about roads and bridges. What they're really talking about is investing your tax dollars into companies to have a public private partnership so we can beat China on things. We're way ahead of China on many things, on many things, most things, chips. The computer chips, they are 10 years away from being able to make their own computer chips. And the only reason why they're that close is because they had to steal our technology. We don't need these public-private partnerships. We need government to get out of the way. The American people will and always have led the way and found the way to do the impossible. It's not a giant corporation. It is not a giant government. It's the individual that matters, not the collective. Have a safe weekend. This is the Glenn Beck Program.